When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Digital Audio Health by Cymatrax. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you believe that there is more to life than what you see right now and you want to find out more, listen in as her guests share their journey and their extraordinary experiences. Now, here is your host, Rhonda Grant. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show. Sometimes the universe has a way of placing people or obstacles in your path to help guide and direct you on your mission. Listen in as we discover the path my guest has traveled. Has she been inspired by a calling, crafted her journey, or a bit of both? I invite you to embrace the conversation and to use it to help you to recognize if this is happening in your life. Our guest today is Melissa Reeves. Melissa is the founder and CEO of Story Fruition and author of the Storyteller's Mind movie, Become an Emotionally Connected Leader Through Your Storytelling. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show, Melissa. Thank you. I'm so thrilled to be here. Well, I'm very happy uh, to be talking with you again. Let our audience know, how did you get into sales? Well, I had a robust career as an enterprise salesperson in advertising technology as an adult, but it really started when I was six years old. I was convincing my father that I really wanted a baby tender love but I wanted a black baby tender love. I wanted a doll that was going to be different than everybody else's and something that I was really excited about. And my father looked at me and he said, Missy, you ought to go into sales. I said, why? He goes, cause you just don't hear no. And then I'm 13 and we have to do these magazine subscription things for our fundraiser fundraiser for our school. And I'm knocking door to door, pretty fearless when this man opens the door and it's about five o'clock and you can tell he's tired. He's got his you know, jacket off and he's just exhausted and he does not want to see me. And I'm like, hello, sir, I'm selling magazine subscriptions. And he's like, no, thank you very much. Thanks. And he just shuts the door on me. And as I'm walking down his driveway, I'm thinking that did not go well. Oh, I have an idea. And I go back to his door and I knock again and he opens and you can tell he's like shocked that I'm back. And I said, sir, I know that this was the, you know, the end of the day and you're probably just want to have a drink and, and watch TV, right? He goes, yes, that is exactly what I want to do. And I said, then you need a subscription to TV guide. <laughs> and I opened up my book and I'm like, look, it says here at 630 on CBS, it's, it's mutual Volmaha's wild kingdom. Jim's going to get battered by a bear. Doesn't that sound fun? Wouldn't it be great to have this every week in your mailbox? <laughs> and he's like, where do I sign? Because <laughs> you were going to come back if he shut the door on you again, I bet. Oh, I would have another one. It'd be like, you need Time Magazine. You need life. Maybe get a life. I don't know. <laughs> Parenting? I don't know. I got lots of <laughs> magazines here. 
<laughs> oh, well, that's hilarious. Well, what a, um, yeah, so your father was right. You yes. are, yeah, you definitely uh, showed um, your sales ability very early in life. When was the moment that you had it figured out for yourself? When I had my career figured out? Yeah. Well, I always, well, see, I wanted to be an actor. That's what I wanted to be. Wonderful. I, I got into the University of Michigan through their musical theater program, which they were just starting. The problem was, is that I didn't like dancing. I had about eight good notes that I could sing and I was a good actor, but I was not really a fit for the musical theater. Oh. Um, but I, my father was like, Missy, that's a hobby. You have to go get a business degree. And I'm like, what? So I ended up getting a general studies degree, basically studying everything that attracted my attention. So I studied psychology, journalism, uh, communications, marketing, and I kind of created my own my own degree, mm-hmm. which is perfect for what I do now. Because for my company that's called Story Fruition, mm-hmm. I'm an executive storytelling coach. And so what I do is I, I start off like a journalist. Just like you, I'm asking questions, I'm listening to their stories, I'm double clicking on it, and I'm composing a story that they can use for their own sales and marketing. Because when the leader is up there telling amazing personal stories at like, say, a town hall or Mm -hmm. a boardroom, they need to shine. And so it just turned out that my gut instinct, I guess, in my 20s, as I was formulating my career, started then too. And so it's an absolute perfect fit for what I do now. Hmm. Mind movies. Uh, mm-hmm. That is very intriguing. And maybe a lot of our audience don't know about the impact that this can have in your life. Can you talk to us about uh, creating a mind movie? Yes. So my book is called The Storyteller's Mind Movie. Mm-hmm. And as a professional actor, I have always studied the audience, right? Like the audience is everything. They have come for two hours to escape their lives and slip into the story that we're going to tell them. Mm. Uh, Same thing with improv. When I do improv on the fly, we're making up stories. And there are elements to those stories that we have to hit in order for the audience to understand what's going on. So what I learned was when you're telling a really good story, they can see it in their minds. They can hear it, smell it, taste it, touch it. And that's a mind movie. And that's when you are successful. That's when you've got them in the palm of your hands. And I have seen executives do this in some of the most dry meetings that there are, shareholder and boardroom meetings. They're very serious, but I have seen people apply my method, use it not only in their words, but also in their visuals, because that's where a lot of people kind of fall off the tracks. They have too much data in their slides. And we calm that down and we capture their entire rooms imaginations using very carefully selected stories and they're crafted so beautifully that you can't help but just dance in it so that's a mind movie that's it's it's bigger to me than just someone telling me a story because a lot of times people will tell a story and they're kind of vague mm-hmm. and when you're vague it's vague in my mind so an example could be something like um i'm driving in the car with my father can you see that mhm Kinda, kinda. I, I had to think about it. I wasn't yeah, sure. I didn't know it. you were going to ask dad me that. Too? Yes. Yeah. My yeah. I saw my own dad. Yeah. Versus, it's a Sunday morning and the, the sky is so blue, 
And I am whizzing down this country road with my father in his red convertible. And we're listening to the Rolling Stones. Now see that? Mm -hmm. Can you hear it? And I can feel it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when I say country road, you know, some people, you know, what did you see? Mountains, farmland? I don't know. I don't really even care because I want you as my listener to delight in the movie that you're writing yourself. But it's up to me to spark those images by making sure I'm using the senses. And so that's what my book is about. It's teaching people how to tell a story, not like why you should tell a story, not just that, but how do you do it so that you mesmerize them? That's a mind movie. I love that. So then do you uh, teach your client how to deliver that? Yes, absolutely. So back to the journalist, I start off as a journalist and I'm capturing their stories and my team is too. I've got coaches that do this with me. Okay. And we're looking for that, I guess, metadata. Like when they say something vague, you know, they might say the the client, you know, they might say Microsoft was the client. We're we're like, who, who in Microsoft was the client? Mm -hmm. What was their title? What were they like? How did you feel about them when you met them? Were you nervous? Were you excited? Because humans want to hear stories about other humans. We don't want to hear stories about buildings or logos. (laughs) And if you just say Microsoft, everyone's going to see the logo in their head. We can't help it. But who were the people that were involved in the story? And that's, again, the difference. So we drill and drill and drill to get the details. Then we storyboard it so that it's not not meandering. It's really Mm -hmm. clean and crisp. It's mm-hmm. got it's got a climax when they have the aha moment and their reflections are at the end. Like, what did they learn? What are the takeaways for the business audience to hear? And then once we have that agreed upon with the client, we go into performance delivery. And so mm-hmm. they'll just sit there and practice and practice and practice. And the more they practice, the higher their confidence gets too. Mm-hmm. People kind of love our story fruition meetings because they're really, really well, fun, but they're very important. Yes. And I mean, you can get up in front of people and have a practice speech and you look practice, you look professional and um, you look memorized. But you said something quite key there. You said worked with them on their delivery. Mm -hmm. Right. So how is that different working with somebody on their delivery um, than that than than them just getting up and delivering a memorized speech? That's such a great question. And it's the it's the game changer. So because I've had an acting background and all of my coaches also have some sort of theater background, um, we, um, we work with them because we're going to be listening for a variety of things. Like think about okay. it as a song, right? Music has different tempos and paces and pauses and it goes fast at sometimes and then it slows down. Mm-hmm. And that's where our acting uh, backgrounds can help because we want them to sound interesting, multifaceted. And yeah. oftentimes when an executive who isn't really comfortable in the space to begin with, they can they can be very monotone and they can keep the same pace and they keep going. And even though they know it, they're not really giving their voice behind it. You know, Mm -hmm. having characters that they're talking about actually start talking in the story that they're telling. So we really bring in some sophisticated um, techniques that 
you know, you could study it, but you can just come over to us and we'll show it to you really fast. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's quite a course that we put them through. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, it's hard to do it on your own if you don't yeah. have any acting uh, experience right. and um, you've um, been able to get up and speak in front of people and, and, and they love it. They love what you're talking about and they compliment you, but it's not until you get up in front of people and you're delivering a speech, the kind that you're talking about that just brings you up. How many levels would you say, Melissa? Oh, 10, I think. I I don't know how you'd like gauge that, but I I just know that my clients and they just tell us, they're like, this is fun. Mm -hmm. You know, this is fun. And, And the ultimate goal is that we become obsolete, that they actually become mind movie makers on the fly all the time. But it takes a little bit of practice and time to to really grasp it. But when that light bulb goes on, and because mm-hmm. I do work with like a lot of engineers, financial people, data yeah. analysts, scientists. And if you think about it, my analogy is this. Yeah. They love data and they love to work out in the neocortex of their brain, which is where all the data is. It's it's the part of our brain that just looks at the numbers. It's not emotional, but ooh, they love to find the story in there, but then they forget to tell us the story because they're showing us the graph. Yeah. So what we do is I'm like, you need to go work out in your limbic system gym mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit yes. more because right. we got to, we got to balance you, you know, because yes. no chart is going to make people go, wow, wow. Did you see that pie chart? <laughs> that pie chart was amazing. No. <laughs> well, I, and I, I sat through it and, um, with a person, uh, an engineer actually, mm-hmm. uh, with a whiteboard and, and she was so into what she was telling us. And the problem with that, Melissa, is her back was to the audience, but she was really into it and just loved what she was doing And she lost herself in it um, as well. But, you know, you said something key there just a little while ago uh, that I wanted to reflect on is that when you um, are a speaker and you're up in front front of an audience being trained at the level that you're talking about, Melissa, the, the jitters fall away because you have so much uh, to concentrate on with your delivery and uh, as soon as you start that and you see the audience's reaction to it, it just, everything just sort of clicks, doesn't it? It just, it's, it's amazing when, when people are in their essence, the true essence of them, of themselves. I agree. And, you know, I think that that confidence goes up because one, we've, you know, we've worked with them to build up a story library. So right. we look for all different stories that they can tell on the, on the fly, like they're well-crafted stories. It might be, right. and here's a, here's a common question. And as yes. a podcast host, yes. you oftentimes might ask one of us, how'd you get into your line of business? Yes. And I think sometimes it's that. a deer in headlight answer for them. They're like, <laughs> and they start like, <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It just sort of fell into my lap. That's a famous one. And I'm like, no, it didn't. No, a lot of things happened before you made that decision. What were they? Let us help you piece that together. What were they? You yeah, know, I mean, you helped them go on a self-discovery big time. Mm-hmm. I have a client and I just <laughs> adore her. She's a life coach and a financial mindset coach, and she's wonderful. And one of the first stories that we found for her is titled, I found myself in aisle three 
at Walmart. <laughs> and it's a beautiful That's story. Wonderful. It's intriguing. It's a beautiful story. And she's standing there in aisle three, grabbing these towels. And she's like, I, I, I want blue towels, but he always wanted green. I don't want to buy green anymore. He's not around the picture. I don't need him anymore. And she just starts piling all these blue towels <laughs> into her cart. And she walks up to the point of purchase and she's crying tears of joy. And the woman's like, are you okay, ma'am? She's like, I've never been better. <laughs> I love these blue towels. <laughs> and then she's pushing the cart out to her cr crummy truck, which she now thinks is beautiful. And she paid yeah. $300 for it with her own money. She put the towels into the truck and said, I think I just found myself in Walmart. In that little moment, that little moment of her arguing with herself about those towels, but realizing that she had freedom mm -hmm. from a bad relationship. Mm -hmm. And those little moments are floating around in people all the time. And they haven't recognized the gold. And that's a very entertaining story. Yes. You can see it. Everyone's been to a Walmart. We can see the towels, you know. And so those are the sort of stories that can be very powerful and unexpected and delightful to be using as you're telling people on a podcast how you got into this, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. And are there any other um, stories that you can tell us that's kind of similar like that? Oh, I'm loaded with stories, my friend. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I can tell that I can tell. Um, I mean, because that's transforming what happened to her right there. Right. Yes. And right. you helped her find that you helped her discover that in, in order one. to put that pardon. That was in her first meeting with us. We found that story. first meeting. Yeah. Uh, wonderful. Um, do you have any others like that? <laughs> <laughs> well, so it was it was January of 2019 and I was really upset. I'm crying. I cannot believe what's just happened to me. And I can't believe I've been fired. I've been fired. I hated that job. I can't believe I've been fired. When all of a sudden that little voice inside me, that one that we listen to when we getting our gut instinct literally said, you're welcome. And I'm like, what? I am not happy with this. And I was like, no, 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 no. You aren't happy. And you need to go find joy, Melissa. You need to go find joy. What brings you joy? Because this didn't anymore. And it's true. I was completely burnt out. And I had a situation where one of my children was going through a pretty, pretty hard health issue. And so I felt lost. I, I didn't know what I was going to do because all the high paying tech jobs that I had required a lot of travel. And I wasn't going to be able to do that now. And my instinct kept saying, Go write down what brings you joy. And I did. I, I just grabbed a notebook and I started writing everything that brought me joy. Like what, what I was like, what was I good at? What did I like to do? And I started writing this list and it's in the book. I have like 12 things that I write down about. Like I, I love sales. I love people. You know, we're not very good at presentations. We could be better at that. I'm doing some cool stuff over at Seattle University. Maybe that would help. I'm, I'm teaching them how to use storytelling in, in, in their pitches. That might work. And then all of a sudden, like three days later, it came to me that I could become an executive storytelling coach and people would, would pay me. They'd pay me to do this. And not only do they, they really want it. And so when the book came out, you know, I even have a chapter with my gut instinct character talking to me When the book came out and it did really well. 
and it still is, it was validation that by listening to my gut instinct and following it and not questioning, like, this is a dumb idea. I can't believe I'm going to do this. Like, who's an executive storytelling coach? Who's that? And just trust it. Just trust it. And here I am today with you. You know, we're talking about storytelling. We're talking about the power of executive leaders becoming more emotionally connected because they're they're tapping their own beautiful lives and showing us their wisdom. I'm helping entrepreneurs nail their investor pitches because it's not going to open with a problem in a chart. It's going to open with a story mm-hmm. and it's going to captivate those investors that they remember you and love everything that you say because that entire short deck, and I can do these in 99 seconds, I kid you not, mm-hmm. that short deck can land millions of dollars for some people. Mm-hmm. I've seen it happen many, mm-hmm. many, 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 many times. <laughs> so I'm definitely, Wonder- I think, doing my life's work. Yes. Um you know, um, there are many people who have just this type of uh, epiphanies that you just talked about, mm-hmm. but they spend time talking themselves out of that idea that they had instead of trusting it. So how did you not talk yourself out of saying, well, that's not going to work? You know, because a lot of people say that. I don't want to invest in that. Like, who's going to listen to me? How did you stick with it? Well, that's our self-narrative. I mean, we can do yeah, that all day a, long. You can we do can it all like, day long. Yeah. I want to eat a hamburger tonight. No, you don't. You're going to feel really full and you're going to be really un- 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 unhappy that you did that. Yeah, you're right. I probably shouldn't. I really but I want a burger. To. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's all day, every day that we do that. Um, I think that... I think that over the course of my life, I've always been very interested in that gut instinct. Like, what is that thing? What What is it? And some people call it your higher self, uh, your inner being. I don't know what you want to call it. I don't really care. I, I, I know that it's my wisdom. And whenever I've doubted it, and I did it through my career, like I would have, like I'd be in a hiring situation and that little mm-hmm. flag would go off being, he's lying to you. And I'd be like, no, I think he's good. And I really need a rep right now. What would happen? Sure enough, three months later, yeah, he's lying to us. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. my gut instinct was trying to tell me, um, and and it can be in positive ways too. So I've just, I think, surrendered to actually stop oh, doubting it. That right? is a, that is a wonderful word, surrender. Mm-hmm. Uh, surrendering um, and allowing yourself, because I mean, you know, you know, with our listening audience, I mean, they might have had times when they doubted things and didn't do it and then later regretted it. And so I think for our audience, if you're thinking right now that you have a really great idea um, that you are really feeling strong in it about, but your narrative, as Melissa's talking about, um, is talking you out of it, um, you might want to make a list of the things that have come to you that you should have taken action and didn't because regret just keeps on happening in your life when you don't listen uh, to uh, the true essence of who you really are, right? That's what we're talking about. So true. You know, like I call that the entrepreneur's dream state, you know, where you just say, you know what, for five minutes, I'm just going to write down my ideas and I'm not going to criticize. I'm not going to stop writing. It's just for me. And if you can do that for five minutes and then look at what you write, those are your stories that are trying to come out. Let them. Wow. Let them come out. Stop 
stop the interfering, interfering, interrupting (laughs) yourself. Do you know how much joy can be on the other side because you allowed that idea to come to fruition? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's why my company is called Story Fruition. (laughs) Yeah. And don't allow other people who don't have your best interest at heart talk you out of it because entrepreneurs are uh, a special um, brand of people or breed of people because there are people that would never take a risk no matter what they just would never do it so those are the people you do not want to ask what they're what they think of your idea you only want to ask people that actually would follow through and accomplish something amen that's right and you know who those those naysayers are so don't even bother don't even and, bother yeah and and honestly i i still think that that there's gut instinct where the idea is brewing, right? It's on a slow simmer, oh, but if you yes. can, if you can turn up the heat a little bit more and trust it a little bit more and pay attention to, cause I always see that like when I'm really onto something, like the whole universe starts talking to me, like uh-huh. billboards and oh, yes. strangers and songs and, you know, just things start to happen. Pay attention Pres- to that. Pre- present day messengers, right? Yes. When you yes. hear a quality about yourself from two or three people, different people, um, you need to take heed. You need to pay attention to that and write that down. And I don't mean just to compliment, you know, your hair is nice today. I mean, a quality about you specifically, your voice, your ideas, anything present day messengers. I love that. I love that. It's so true. And, you know, sometimes like stop watching negative news so that you can start to enjoy the positive things that that are really going on in the world too. I have a very good friend who she was just getting kind of salty and sour. And she, she told me, she's like, every morning I'm listening to the news. And I said, stop that. (laughs) She did. Melissa, that's great (laughs) advice. Just stop it. (laughs) And I used to work for news stations. So be careful. Yeah. But you know, you see what you look at. And sometimes when someone says something really nice, it's nice for you to give yourself that permission to hear the story that they are saying about you. Maybe that's a story that you need to listen to a little bit more because you don't have to be so hard on yourself. You're walking, you're a walking storybook. You have stories since the time you started talking. And those little pearls of wisdom, when well-crafted, can be life-changing for those that hear it. Wow. Right. Mm-hmm. It can be life changing. Like if you're a manager and you're a leader and you're an executive and you've got to turn around and explain to someone some choppy waters that maybe your company's in, maybe you'll have a, a story from childhood where you went through some choppy waters mm-hmm. and you had to trust your gut instinct and it came out okay. And the same thing's happening today, friends. You know, that's what I'm talking about because people mm-hmm. will remember the story far longer than the stat. And they are looking for your leadership. They're they're wanting to follow you at that point. And then, oh, it gets delicious. You start to <laughs> see people wanting to work for you. They, they, yes. They're working harder. They're innovating. They're yes. not depressed. They feel like they're part of something because you're sharing stories. And another benefit is when you're a good storyteller, you become a good story listener. And so they can tell you stories like maybe career or uh, a case study with, with a mm-hmm. successful client listen to them and then tell that story to your entire C-suite. Tell that story to your shareholders, 
tell that story in a town hall and spotlight that little hero that's sitting in the back in the accountant office that no one's really been paying attention to is a rock star, right? Tell their story and watch your leadership just catapult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. You're listening to the Rhonda Grant show right now, whose podcast has been treated with digital audio health by my sponsor, Symatrax. And today we are speaking with the dynamic and interesting Melissa Reeves. Tell us how people may contact you. Oh, thank you. There's a few ways. I mean, you can come to the website and that's storyfruition.com. If you're interested after listening to our lovely discussion, I love this. Um, You can go to storyfruitioninfo.com and that's a great lead because I can, I can actually learn a little bit about you and your company and your mission. Like, is this a keynote you want to have done? Do you want to have private, private training so that you're better on podcasts and media interviews and shareholder meetings and you want a story library or you are uh, getting ready for an investor capital raise? Um, that's another track. That's where I started. I actually started at Seattle University's business plan competition. So, um, you know, that's great. And then you can get onto my calendar and we can have a half hour call and, and really learn what you're trying to do. That's wonderful. Do you feel that you've been called to your journey or crafted it or a bit of both? Oh, I think it's, I think it's both because you get Mm -hmm. the calling. And then the next question is, well, how am I going to do that? (laughs) (laughs) Now you got to do all this crafting stuff. You got to do it. And the the beauty of, I honestly think entrepreneurs are the artists of the world, of the business world. You know, people don't realize that uh, to be in business, uh, people who are in business and are successful are the most creative people you'll ever meet in your life. They yeah. may not be painting pictures and, um, you know, creating songs, but they are anchored in creativity. I tell you that. Well, they're creating vision stories. They're getting people to see where, how they want to improve the world. And they're, they're orchestrating a team you know, just like music. That's what I've been seeing is that we are, the world would not operate without entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. It would not operate. And with the big resignation, a lot of people started realizing that maybe it is time for me to start getting a little more creative and taking ownership of this life that I am in right now so that I can create joy. Wow. Mm-hmm. Taking ownership of my life. Mm-hmm. That's I've a good story heard. to write. Oh, I've never heard of that before. That is fantastic. Because, you know, Melissa, a lot of people don't take ownership. We live our days as, as if we'll live forever. And really, we're a blip here in time. And taking ownership is a really, a really good statement. I really, really like that. Thank you. And, you know, I myself, you know, I, I, I've eventually planned to do a one woman show. I think as a storyteller, I needed to, you know, as a storytelling mentor, I had to write a book, right? I have to do a Ted talk. That's another thing I need to do. Yes. But if I were going to do a one woman show and, and, and I already know the title, I've already started it, but it would be called the pleaser because so many of us are living our lives to please others and we sacrifice our own happiness. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be that way because eventually your kids need to live on their own. You know, your spouse needs to be responsible for their own happiness. It's not on your shoulders. You know, it's the only happiness that matters most of all is yours. And so how are you going to find that? How are you going to seize that day 
right? You can every single moment. And it's the stories that you tell yourself and it's the stories that you want to tell out to the world. And eventually you'll start to realize it's a lot, it's a lot of, it's a lot more fun when you're living uh, deliberately versus by default. Mm. That's very profound. Yeah. That's wonderful. That's but I really did it. good. That's life advice. And that's really good advice to our audience. I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. What extraordinary experience have you found in your life, Melissa? That that I'm magical. <laughs> you that, are that, magical. Well, I think we all are. We just are asleep to it. That I'm creative. That I like I'm working with something higher. And when I'm really deliberately, deliberately asking for something and then listening for the answers, watching for the way that the path lights up for me and following it has been absolute joy. Like, and that didn't happen until I was sent to my apartment for two and a half years because COVID said, go to your room, Missy, and figure <laughs> out what you're doing. And yes. I just started picking up books. I started picking up, I, you know, uh, Think and Grow Rich. Yes. Um, anything on the law of attraction I read, yes. I found it fascinating and truth for me and really for everybody. It's just, you have to, you have to kind of just let down your guard. And when you are, or when I am, I should just answer is like, when I am living like that, it's, uh, it's more freeing, mm -hmm. right? It, it's, it's instead of choking off this beautiful energy that we're surrounded by, by criticizing it, um, yelling at it, complaining about it, that doesn't get you anywhere. But when you start to appreciate all the good things that are happening just right now, like right now, we're having such a lovely conversation. I'm so grateful for you and what you what you are producing, right? And to be a part of it, oh my goodness, I'll be floating all day. This is great, yes, right? And that's wonderful. a positive as uh, aspect that you're bringing to the world. And you could have talked yourself out of it. You could have said, oh, yes. podcasts are so much work. Oh, they're like another beast. I don't want to have to feed it. But you didn't. And look at what you're doing. Look at what you're doing. Yes. I know. I love it because I get to I get to meet people like you and speak with people like you, Melissa. I just love it. Likewise. Likewise. No, I love I love you're an artist in my mind. You're you're an entrepreneur. You're an artist. You're creating something positive And you you didn't let the negative Nelly that we all carry around with us. Mm -hmm. We need to put her in like a can, send her off onto a <laughs> river. <laughs> I actually read a book yes. in my 20s called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Do It Anyway. Did you read that? Yes. Great book. Yes. And I read that at 25. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That's It's never too late for that book. And it talks no. about the chatterbox. The yes. chatterbox, which is talking you out of everything. Mm -hmm. And then the what? other voice. And I think she called it coach or maybe I called it coach, but it was sort of like Bugs Bunny. You know how Bugs Bunny would have the devil on the yes. shoulder and the angel on the shoulder. Yes. That was a good visual for me for what that was. And that really is going on all day long. You're yes. either listening to the chatterbox or you're listening to your coach and your coach doesn't talk as loud. Sometimes you got to listen right. for it. Chatterbox yeah, is attention. low loud. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the it's, the, it's, yeah, it's the roommate in your head that's not paying any rent. And yes. uh, most people are listening to it. And it's that subtle uh, feeling. So subtle messages that they're almost, they're like whispers, right? Mm -hmm. That you need to be paying attention to and, and stop 
um, the chatter that's going on all day long, because that's not you, that's your ego taking over your life for you and talking you out of things that are good and into things that might not be so good for you. And if you can just start to listen to that, 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 that voice, you know, the higher one that's softer, it's always going to lead you to what you want. It's always, it always will. It's not vindictive. It's not conniving. It's not, it's not. No. And when you listen to it and follow it, you have even more stories to tell. <laughs> well, yeah, that's your success. Those are the people who have written books, uh, who have uh, sculpted, uh, painted, all sorts of things and have been successful is that small voice that mostly we p don't pay attention to. Right. Right. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the Rhonda Grant show. I've just loved it. Um, Me too. I Thank mean, you, we Rhonda. Could, you're welcome. My pleasure. We could talk for a long time. And uh, <laughs> so I thank you very much for your time. I know that you're a busy woman. And um, gee, I'd like to have you back on the show, Melissa. I would love that. Let's tell stories. <laughs> Let's tell stories. I'll do the prompts. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Theme song for the Rhonda Grant Show is Sun on the Water, composed and performed by my friend John Park Wheeler. This is Rhonda Grant with the Rhonda Grant Show, author of Magical Forces Within, Extraordinary Discoveries in an Ordinary Life, inviting you to look for the magical forces within yourself today and every day. Thanks for tuning in to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you would like to find out more information about Rhonda and her upcoming guests and the work that she does, go to her website, rondagrantauthor.com. That's rondagrantauthor.com. Digital Audio Health by Cymatrax.